Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. You are about to listen to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. Our whole cast of characters are in the house. We have Justin, Jared, and Nikki all here. We have a lot to go over. I know you guys have some questions out there. I know you have some concerns about what's going on. I know that you're concerned about your portfolio, concerned about your holdings, concerned about potentially retirement. And and we get all that because we are fee-based fiduciary asset managers. We are financial advisors. And let me tell you this, and this is what I tell my clients, that financial advisors, we, especially those who manage the money themselves, like we do, we get paid to weather the storm. We don't get paid when all things are great. We get paid when things really go south. And I'm going to tell you how we can help you because I'm sure this, and let's start by saying when we're recording the show, all right? We're recording on a really bad day. Yesterday, Putin invaded Ukraine, which kind of was expected. Last night, right? Yes. Um, So it's right now, Thursday afternoon, 224. So it's uh, uh, February 24th at 2.52 p.m. And I'm going to tell you that we woke up this morning, saw S&P futures absolutely getting hammered down 800 on the Dow. Yeah. And since then, things have turned around. But throughout the day, because we do handle people's money and and money, it's precious to our clients, just like it should be, they have concerns. And I had several calls this morning of folks saying, should we be selling? Should we get out? Should we temporarily blah, blah, blah? And I say no, because typically, based on history, situations like this that we are seeing in Ukraine are typically a very short-term knee-jerk reaction driven by headlines and typically the absolute worst time to sell your existing holdings. Absolute the worst time. Over time, absolutely. It's, it's proven itself time and time again. When that knee-jerk reaction you know, is, is what people act on, it's it's not a wise decision after the fact. It's just not. But this time it's different. Yeah, it's always different. And let me tell you something: it is never different. And never. you never learn the lesson. Yeah. Never different this time. There are a lot of retail investors that sold this morning and are now missing out on probably from where their selling point was, probably about a four percent. If we're looking at the Nasdaq from and where it was, yeah, that's this uh, the Nasdaq today, as of right now, it's it's you know just before three o'clock on Thursday, we've seen a four percent upswing. Right. Well, let's talk about these numbers because the Dow, as of right now, remember, folks, it's about an hour and five minutes before the markets close on Thursday, the 24th. So the Dow is still down, down 224 points at 32,907. However, the low for today was 32,272. So that was darn near 700 points. So we are 700 points above where it traded intraday early, really early, late, late early. morning. Yeah. The NASDAQ now is up almost 2%, as Jared mentioned, 250 points. The NASDAQ's low today was 12,587. Currently now trading at 13,292. So that is up, as you mentioned, 700 points from where the low was. So (laughs) let's talk about the broad-based market, the S&P 500. Also in positive territory, up 16 points at 4,241. The low of the day, 41.14. It's up 130 points from the low, which is significant on a 4,000. Absolutely. That is 3% or so. Right. So that is in positive territory. 
And I have to tell you, a lot of stocks that, that we own or that we follow are doing extremely well. Great turnarounds. This is what I want to talk about because folks are always asking us, do you think this is the bottom? Do you think the bottom is forming? Well, until an hour ago, I didn't think we were close to a bottom. I think, I think we were close, but we weren't there yet. But bottoms and lows, not lows, the do-it-yourself store, <laughs> the lows for the market, market lows are two different animals. Right. A bottom takes time to form. It is a formation. It could take weeks, you know, months to actually confirm that, hey, we are changing direction. A low, we could have hit this morning. It's just a low. Right. And, and you know what? It's okay to try and maybe pick some things off the low, but don't put both feet in the water. People's obsession with the bottom in these times absolutely drives me insane. Look, we have, I've been doing this 33 years, and I've learned by, by mistakes. Well, I mean, you've learned by experience. I've learned by going all in, thinking it's a low, and then all of a sudden you figure out there's a whole new definition of low. Yes. They're only mistakes if you don't learn from the experience. Sure. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it wasn't a mistake. It was an experience. So bottoms take time to form, and, and some of the classic signs of a bottom is the drop in selling pressure. We haven't seen that yet. And maybe we'll start seeing that over the next couple of days. Also, you want to see multiple 90% downside days, meaning 90% of the volumes to the downside, several days followed by 90% on the upside. Really big swings there and big volatility that tells you maybe you're getting close. You want to see a divergence in new lows. You want to see that, hey, the market's hitting new lows, but wait, the new low list is getting smaller and smaller. Right. Or the, the opposite side. The new lows, uh, the market's rallying, but yet new lows are expanding. So you don't want to see. Those are divergences. Uh, retail sentiment, you know, the Robin Hood people and the people who do it on their own, they are at historic bearishness. Yep. And that's usually a time when it's the market's ready to turn around. Average bearishness for the retail investor is about 40%. So 40% of retail investors, investment, investors are always bearish. We're at 54%. Average bullishness is 38%. We're at 23%. Who are they asking? This negativity is because they haven't been smacked around a little bit yeah, yet. Maybe maybe because mom and dad haven't shaken them up a bit. But this just in, I don't hear much about the Robinhood trader anymore. No. I'm not hearing you know how, how much they're up in crypto yet. Yeah, I'm not hearing how much uh, their their son <laughs> is a brilliant AMC, genius. Yeah, made somebody, an AMC and GameStop. Somebody must have slammed the basement door. Uh, crypt, uh, crypto led the losses early this morning. I was, I was up until about 4 a.m. Uh, watching. Yeah, what was her name? Watching. <laughs> I wish I was watching the watching the beginning of the invasion and then watching the pre market. Um, but yeah, it, I forgot even what I was saying. Like. I mean, crypto though. <laughs> crypto too though. It's kind uh, of interesting because yeah. people are saying, you know, oh, that's it's a it's a hedge. It's it's the gold of the future. Yeah, but yeah, really, it's whatever. showing that it's more of the ultimate it has risk rallied back. asset. Well, I, I tell you, I talked to a lot of clients today and. You guys heard me. My door's open most of the time. Yep. And I was telling clients that I think you should send more money in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should send more money. If you have liquidity in your portfolio or in your, in your money market. Sideline money. Sideline money. Yes. Send more money in because I think this is going to create, and this typically does, creates tremendous buying opportunities opportunity. because the pendulum always swings one way, way out of the way. And then it'll swing the other way. Right now, I think that this... It's kind of was already baked in, and now the actual invasion, the headlines are scary. No doubt about it. And, and I have a, we have a client that, 
that has family in the Ukraine, and she was talking to them. It was terrifying, and I really feel sorry for them, and it's, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, we are doing as a country and as NATO, we're not in this by ourselves. No. They're coming up with a plan to really sanction the crapola out of Putin. Jared, I'm sorry, you had you had a comment you wanted to make? Uh, you're, uh, we went to the seminars last week. I think the, there's uh, more cash on the sidelines um, at this point um, in U.S. history than any other point. Um, so there's money to be invested. And there's money to be made right now. I think it's really important to stress too that you know during heightened volatility it's okay to panic what's happening is scary but you have to acknowledge why you're panicking and what that means and translates to with the stock market is acknowledge your emotions but don't act on them well part of it is you have a perfect storm of really bad news yeah it seems like it's the one-two punch right you know Mm -hmm. you have people are afraid inflation's terrible Mm -hmm. and and there's speculation inflation could get worse i'm just telling you right now and we, we said it last night, Nikki, and I, I don't know if you agreed with me or not, but we were on our Facebook Live. We do on Wednesday nights a hump day market update. And by the way, if you want to talk about this and you're, and you're worried about your portfolio, we suggest you call the office right now, 407-831-8002. Leave a message because this is Saturday or Sunday morning or Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning. Depending on where you're listening where you're from. Listening, right. And we will get back to you because you, you may need some help. But- I believe that the numbers we saw, especially that the producer price index was more than the consumer, which means the companies that produce the items that you are buying are it's costing them more than it's costing you buying it, which means they're eating some of this. Yes. And we don't see that very often. No. So it tells me that that pendulum has swung really far one way. Especially when you look at the numbers, when you exclude the stuff we don't use, like food and energy. Right. That's the core inflation numbers. Yeah, who needs that? If you exclude food and energy, I venture to say that we probably peaked out on inflation, but I really believe that June, July, inflation has probably already seen its highest levels. And that's what I think. I sure hope so. I, I mean, I just realistically think that's not going to be the case, especially after what happened last night. Uh, there's Ukraine and uh, Russia are two major wheat um, exporters, and they're two major oil producers. Um, I think this, and since the commodities industry is global, it'll crunch the U.S. Even though we personally don't. Well, get we're saying that's that why I said core. No, right, I know. Right. I'm just saying that's so that realistically. Exclude, exclude, was it the, gut, the economists? I mean, but that's the most. Energy. I know that's still. I, I don't think. No, I get matter. it. But I'm talking about if you look at the core number, that core number is going to be lower. I think. And right. and yes, we'll they see. are. By the way, I had no idea that Russia produces that much wheat. I think didn't think anything grows in Russia. Uh, they're, well, they're leave they're it to Russia. the fiscal therapist to remind us what the old USSR flag looked well, like. It was with a scythe on it. <laughs> but Russia and Ukraine together are responsible for, for nearly 30% of global wheat exports. I think they're also like 25% of aluminum exports. Uh, Ukraine yeah. alone is 15% of global corn. Yeah. So also, folks, I just want to tell you that because of all this that was going on, I came up with a, with a I was putting my list together of stocks that I want to own. And it's interesting because I did this two years ago as well. And uh, we're going to talk about that but uh, in the next segment. But I came up with what I call my Dirty Dozen GARP plays. GARP is an acronym for Growth at Reasonable Prices. I can't stand that acronym. I love a good acronym. That is not one of them. It reminds, no, me, it, it reminds me of Wayne's World. Louis Navalier came up with it. I didn't come up with it. I'm not blaming you. I'm just stating a fact. Two years ago, I did the Baker's Dozen on March 23rd, uh, 2020. Great date, and uh, and I dated it. I put it. I t- we put it out there. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. But one of the other things why I think that we're getting close to uh, uh, at least a low is that there's a fear gauge that we use in our business, and it's the volatility index or the VIX index, V I X. Now, as of a few hours ago, the VIX index was at 37, 
which is a, a fearful number, right? That's a high number. And typically when it gets high, that means we're ready to hit a low because you can't get that much fearful. But the professional traders have the fear index as far as March futures at 33. So it's significantly below where the fear is today. And we're at the end of February too. March is around the corner. April is at 30.7. So what the professional trader is saying is that they're, they're doubtful that this conflict will remain on the front burner for the month ending April. I feel like there have been several people that are, are significant. They're traders. You know, a lot of people have had the same sentiment. A lot of people have said the same thing, that this is a blip. This is, you know, I don't think that this is going to affect things long term. It just happens to be a headline right now. Geopolitical blips like this typically do not um, last for long in the market. Um, we'll see. I think there'll probably be some ramifications and maybe some aftershocks down the road. But for at this point in time, I, I think it will be short-lived. Because as far as for the U.S., where the, this, the market is worried is the, is the inflation and the prices of oil. And typically, these type of recoveries off of a geopolitical situation like this, based on history, that's all we have to go by. Every You know, it could be different this time, right. but it usually is not. Right. But based on that, we usually see a V-shaped type recovery. And um, we've seen it in the past, and I and we saw it after March of 2020. So yeah. I wouldn't History, be surprised. History uh, doesn't repeat, but it might rhyme. It may, it may well rhyme. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription on the Florida Man Radio Network. We're coming right back. Hi, I'm Nikki Ward. If you'd like to work with a powerful female financial advisor that's legally bound to do what's in your best interest, and we'll work with you to create a detailed financial plan that reflects your goals and risk tolerance, give me, Nikki Ward, a call at 888-855-2855 or shoot me an email at nikki at stockdr.com. Did you know most people give up on their New Year's resolutions in less than 30 days? If your 2022 goals include making and saving more money, you can't afford to give up. I'm Lee Seiler, the Stock Doctor from Seiler Wealth Management. My team and I can help get professional insight to market challenges and key investment opportunities. Schedule a free consultation where we can find custom ways to grow your finances in the new year. Call 888-855-2855 or visit Stock dr.com today for a free consultation. Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here in the Florida Man Radio Network. We are talking the markets. We are talking about what's going on geopolitically. We're talking about uh, we're going to talk about some individual stocks because my dirty dozen plays are out. This is two years removed from the original Baker's Dozen Plus that we did in March of 2020. And I like to do these lists uh, after things like this, after these kind of yeah. crises, because when people are really terrified and scared, uh, you have to have a financial advisor that's willing to go out there and be do, bold, do the opposite. Yeah, because what I've learned over the 33 years of me doing this and managing money is that the masses are usually wrong, wrong. So uh, I welcome again uh, to the show my colleagues, and these guys are awesome. Justin, this Justin, this Justin, that's yes, yeah. the uh, fiscal therapist Jared Bocart. We have our megalennial Nikki Ward, and she'll be coming up with a millennial moment, which is a little bit more happy. 
the happiest place on earth. Yes, we'll talk about the happiest place <laughs> on earth. But we wanted to get into, before I get into the dirty dozen, and that may have to be pushed back to the next, but I want to give you some stock ideas. And these are, again, anything we talk about on the show, they are not uh, recommendations you act on right. right now until you talk to either your financial advisor or talk to one of us to make sure it's suitable for your portfolio. That's the one thing you should act on. Give us a call. 407-831-8002 is the number to reach us here at the office, and we can set up some time to meet with you. Uh, we do have availabilities later in the week. We do not have availabilities for tomorrow, which will be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, but we could Thursday or Friday of the following week, So, and then after that. So, um, again, give us a call, 407-831-8002. One of the things that there was talked about that potentially could happen, now we're already seeing cyber attacks. Russia has been using cyber attacks for against Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They're denial-of-service attacks. Okay, explain that, please, Nick. So what it means is that they there's, like, malware that can wipe data from you know, government entities, there's different ways that they can attack it, but they basically just barrage you with a bunch of different emails, ways to get into the system, and inevitably they end up penetrating. And uh, anyway. (laughs) I had to. I hate that word, too. So, you know, one of the sectors, and we have, uh, we do a lot of sector ETFs, and we do have some, we can do some sector uh, thematic type investing for our clients, which is really a great thing to have in your portfolio, but one of our sectors that are that we like the most, and I know, Jared, you've been talking about this one for at least a year and a half, and uh, the cybersecurity sector. I mean, the cybersecurity stocks are ripping, and they have been, even despite the market looking really bad, cybersecurity stocks have been ripping, and uh, this is a big sector because, and we've always, and you've said this, that despite what's gonna go on in the economy, your need for cybersecurity is only going to increase. Yep, and at, at this point, people, it's in the news, people are realizing that it, it is going to be at the forefront of, we talked about this earlier, it's going to be at the forefront of future warfare. Uh, Russia w- obviously used it first before they invaded Ukraine less than 12 hours later. They, it's, a, it's a system overload, and it's designed to create panic from people that can't access their bank accounts, uh, can't get gas to flee the country, the city, country, probably a country in this case. Um, but it, it is the future, and people realize that the need for this is only going to get worse and worse, especially now that you're um, looking at, is Russia going to attack the U.S. cyberly next? I, we don't know the answer to that, but it could it could happen. And we heard this morning that President Biden was briefed on different ways that the United States could potentially deploy cyber weapons to aid Ukraine in order sure. to kind of, you know, not put off curtail just, yeah i mean yeah. just a little bit maybe make it not as simple and easy yeah for Russia. And, and i think that's that's we're probably going that direction but regardless this area. is an element this is an element that could be added to your portfolio and, and again if you don't have exposure to cybersecurity, you, you maybe you should we don't know your personal situation we don't know what your risk tolerance is because the fact of the matter is owning anything in cybersecurity is going to be volatile and i do have a couple of favorite stocks that I will share with you, but they are not by recommendations. I, I like Palo Alto Network. I like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Crowd. CrowdStrike. Yeah, CrowdStrike is a CRWD and, really and like PANW, and I own some CrowdStrike for some clients. But we have it. We have exposure via an exchange-traded fund, which is part of our thematic strategy for clients. So if your advisor is not doing any thematic investing and, and kind of taking part of your portfolio as a hub-and-spoke type approach and adding things like, 
materials or financials or healthcare or cybersecurity, then maybe you may not be using the right advisor, or maybe you should at least look for something complementary to what's going on in your portfolio as we speak. Sure. I agree. There's always different, um, the market acts in cyclicals. It's, it's, gosh, I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. So yeah. you can, there's always things you can buy that can lessen the blow in these situations or take advantage of a certain opportunity like cyber today. Absolutely. And you hear the music. I'm seeing the arms in the air. I see you guys swaying back. Now you get, that's good. You guys are together now. Good to see that. Back and forth, arms swinging. Because you hear the music, it's time for our millennial moment with our megalennial, Miss Nikki Ward. Love it, don't you, Nick? Don't start yet. This is my favorite part. It's empowering. You know what I mean? I know. She, I know. That's why she likes it. Yeah. She's a powerful woman. She, I good feel, choice. I feel like Rocky Balboa. It's a good choice on, on the song you chose. I'm so glad I chose segment. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. So I'd like to sprinkle in a little magic. Okay. Today. We can sure so use I think it we today. can use it. So Disney wants your life to be a fairy tale. So the company's new residential real estate play will give residents the chance to experience the Disney magic year round. So Disney is developing a master plan residential community concept called Story Living, and it's designed by the Imagineers. It is going to be located in California's Coachella Valley. So the big concerts are there is also going to be a concert in your backyard. It's going to be 1,900 housing units, including estates, single-family homes, and condos, plus a section for those who are retired and 55 and up. So you're going to get an, an exclusive, me. exclusive membership. Well, you're not retiring anytime soon. But I'm so 55 and up. I could live there. I'm not looking at you. Don't let your insecurities right. get the best of you. Okay. All right? You look great for your age. For your age. (laughs) All right. So all residents of the Story Living community will have access to a private beach on the community's 24-acre lagoon, which has a waterfront clubhouse. And there are going to be recreational activities and other year-round Disney programming. So I'm thinking it's like living on a cruise. Or the villages? Or the village. I mean, do they have activities and whatnot well, they have oh, yes. activities. of course I, I mean do they ever leave their bedrooms but uh, i hear they yeah i will okay uh, i will say you gotta eat, I wish right? they would build one for vladimir putin so we can live in the ussr in fairy tale world instead like, of like wandavision uh, we'll see it may not be a fairy tale <laughs> i just not know but I'd he's rather, gaining, i would he, rather it be a listen character. he's claiming right. land no no we're not we're not talking about russia right now california yes so prices are going to be absolutely first of all it's disney number right, one right mm-hmm. and ain't cheap yeah it's going to cost you a quarter of a billion dollars to live there. So this is, all right, I got a real quick backup before I get into price because this isn't Disney's first foray into residential real estate. So no. we had Celebration in right in our backyard. It was an idealistic small town. The company's no longer affiliated with Celebration. Okay. Not exactly a success. Golden Oak was a 980-acre gated community located within Disney's resort property where the company sells luxury homes. The starter price... For a home in Golden Oak is $1.7 million. That's in outside of Anaheim, right? Where Disney is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, $1.7 million starting? Yes. You get like 1,200 square feet for that? They think awfully high of themselves. <laughs> and I mean, this comes as, I think it's no surprise to anybody, it's turbulent times in residential real estate. I mean, the median home price reached record levels in 2021, and Zillow expects prices to jump another 20% this spring. I don't know if that's turbulent. That's just skyrocket. <laughs> skyrocketing. They're just pricing people out of the market. I, I don't know what the goal here is. 
twenty percent this spring. Hey, but they may give you free pa- free passes to the parks. I free Disney is not familiar with they, that word. They better give you all. a piggyback ride to the park. But if you could have happy hour with any Disney character, who would it be? One of them princesses. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. That's it. Little Mermaid. Eh. Ariel. No. Eh. Eh. No. I don't know. You know my type. It'd be Pocahontas. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> so, all right. So they have townhouses. Also, townhouses are multifamily or condos. Condos, condos, condos mm-hmm. and single-family homes. Okay, condos are going to start at probably uh, near quadrabajillion. Yeah, quadrabajillion. Around there, yeah. and then just increasing. What from do you there. think? What do you think a gallon of milk at that local grocery store is going to cost you? That's crazy. You know, ten dollars a gallon. Wow. At least. You know what? Inflation. We needed a feel-good story, Nick. And that did not serve its purpose whatsoever. No, it just made you... What I'm here for. Sorry. Negative Nick. How can anybody afford $1.7 million? It's Literally, just I bet you... Well, I know anybody, okay. but I bet it's, for, it's probably going to be 1,500 square feet. Yeah, it's not going to be... I'm not kidding you. No, it's not going to be a palace. And I hate to do this because I'm sure that there are people listening, but those Disney adults... They're creepy. It's freaky. Yeah. But I guarantee you they've got the disposable income. Yes, but oh. my point is that... We live in Central Florida. 1.7 million buys you a palace. Yeah, here. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it, it, I'm if it's probably 1,500 square feet, I'd be. If it's more than that, more than 2,000, I'd be shocked. I yeah. live in Central Florida, and I'm so sick of Disney. I cannot believe people want to live 24/7, 365 within that magical realm. Yeah, no, Mm-mm. no thanks. I think it's fun to go to every once in a while. Sure. Only if I get the tickets fall free. I'm not paying. All right, Nick. Well, well, drinking around the world is always fun. Good job. Good job, Nick. So let's do a uh, listener question. Let's do that. And then uh, we'll talk about the Dirty Dozen and the Baker's Dozen. So um, let's see. We have a few minutes left in this segment. So we have a question. uh, Frank from Longwood, he asks, with this recent market meltdown, would you be buying some stocks or do you think we're in a prolonged bear market? So, uh, Frank, I think we've probably been answering your questions throughout the first half of the show. And um, I, I don't think this is a prolonged bear market. I, you know, I've been saying the whole time, I didn't think this year's going to be that great. So if we do 5 to 8% this year, think about what that move is be from right now to the end of the year, that's a 20% move. Yeah. And think too, there's going to be opportunity to get great companies at a discount. Yeah, and um, I think when you associate bear markets, it's usually when the there's a down economy, and we're not seeing that right now. Uh, that's right. that's we're a not huge a factor. That's a huge factor with a bear market, and uh, realistically, uh, that I don't think. Do see you that at all. think that when there are more jobs than people to fill them, that's even a possibility? You know, it's tough to if to you want that. Right. I mean, it really is tough to wrap your mind around the prospect of that being yeah. the case. And it d- just drives up salaries. Um, so, by the way, uh, just to make sure everybody understands, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, February 24th. And it's about 45 minutes left in the market. And we talked about this significant sell off early, followed by a rally. So as of right now, the Dow is only down 181 points at thirty two thousand nine forty nine. Again, the low of the day is thirty two thousand is thirty two two seventy two. So we're up seven hundred points from the low and um, showing some pretty good strength. The Nasdaq, however, is up significantly, up almost three hundred points at thirteen thousand three thirty two. S and P also up pretty big. Correct me if I'm wrong. I you know I had a lot going on this morning. That low on the Dow, we kind of gapped down to that low for the most part. Yes, correct. It was I mean, a gap down. Right. I mean, we we opened up today 
after the the bloodlet took place overnight. Right. So and, and it was a gap down. So you know we're we're rallying back up, and and you know I started this list yesterday. We discussed it on the Hump Day Market Update last night, and we're going to talk more about it in the next segment. But let me. I'm going to throw these are I call the Dirty Dozen growth at reasonable prices plays. And and we'll talk more about them individually, but they it's uh Lowe's, your do it yourself store, I'll tell you why. We're talking about Lowe's and Home Depot. Microsoft at 287, cheap. <laughs> Moderna at 145, cheap. PayPal at 103, Disney at 148, um Nvidia at 230, Google at 2596, now over 2600. Facebook, I know Nikki you hate it, but I could not un- I cannot deny that it's trading at 15 times earnings right uh at 202 i'm not gonna make a bet against the devil no 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 gm at 47 Citigroup at 64 still trading at 60 percent of book value las vegas sands that's a reopening play macau's gonna reopen it'll be big for them that's at 45 and change and then tesla at 821 so we'll talk more specifically about that but you know two years ago i came up with the baker's dozen plus and we'll talk about that but when i added up this was at the the worst part of the pandemic, literally, we had shut down. The government, the economy had been shut down. We, um, I came up with a list. There was 14 stocks, and we'll discuss that. But when I totaled them all up, and I had equal shares or equal amounts of money for each stock, each 14 of them, the portfolio up 72% in uh, two years. In two years. Putting your money where your mouth is. <laughs> yes. And... Out of the 14, there were some stocks that didn't perform as well. It's not down much, but there were four that were down. And we'll talk about that. And this is after. These numbers were after all we've seen in the last few days. You're listening to Stock Doctor Prescription. We'll be right back. Over 40% of all Americans have less than $50,000 saved for retirement. Don't become another statistic. It's never too late to get started. You need a financial advisor who has your success as the cornerstone for all of their custom-built investment portfolios that can balance your needs for retirement with how much risk you're willing to take. Let Siler Wealth Management and the team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call 888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation. It'll only cost you if you don't call. I'm Justin Kenny, and I've been working in financial services for over 20 years now and in fee-based asset management for the last decade. The beauty of what we do here at Siler Wealth Management is that we are always committed to our clients' best interests. We don't have any proprietary products that make us a ton of money. We communicate with our clients to ensure your investment objectives and risk tolerance are still where they were the last time we met. I want to talk with you about your goals and assist you with the choices that will help you sleep better at night. Call me, ask for Justin at 888-855-2855 to discuss how Siler Wealth Management can help you meet your goals. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You've been listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as The Stock Doctor. We have Justin, Nikki, and Jared all in the house. We've had some very compelling conversations about the markets about Disney, about um, Russia. Geopolitical Russia. tensions. Yes. Uh, you know what? I, I've i always said I do like volatility. I do like markets that are like this because volatility creates opportunity. And I like to see things that are, you know, we talk about this, we use this term a lot around here, looking for disconnections. Disconnections in the marketplace do not happen all the time. No. It's usually a once every year or two type phenomenon. It's when... Things really get 
overdone one way or the other. And, and I tend to think that something like this is a good catalyst to finding that disconnection. And um, I think we're seeing it. But uh, as we said before the break, and by the way, let us talk and, and do a portfolio review for you. There's no obligation for us to look at your portfolio. Have you take a risk test. We'll do a risk assessment and see if what you own is suitable for you. I think not only does volatility offer opportunity, but it also allows people to assess, are they taking the right amount of risk? Are you losing sleep over this? This is the time to reevaluate. Your portfolio needs a second opinion from the stock doctor. Absolutely. So as I said last year, or two years ago, I came up with the Baker's Dozen, and it was in there were stocks like Citigroup, Starbucks, Home Depot, Eli Lilly, Gilead, UPS, Amazon, DR Horton, Apple, Beyond Meat, PayPal, Microsoft, Intel, and Disney. So those were all, and I put this list out March 23rd, 2020. Everyone was feeling so positive then. Yeah. <laughs> of those, of that 14 stocks, I mean, let's look at the ones that didn't work out. Gilead didn't work out. Uh, in the short term. In the short term. Beyond Meat did not work out. Intel <laughs> did not work out. I think that's only three that didn't work out. I like it how it's Beyond Meats. It's like the Beyond Meats. But there were things like, for example, we had Apple on there. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm giving you a post-adjusted split price, but Apple at the time was 220 But when you, it split a few months after that. So we had Apple as a buy at $55 a share. On a split-adjusted basis. Today's 161 So Apple was almost a triple yeah. in that period of time. UPS, more than a double. Lilly, up big. Citigroup, almost a double. And by the way, we were talking about Citigroup during the break. And Citigroup made the new list, the Dirty Dozen list. And, and Justin, I know you have a thing about buying stocks well, that you, you perceive to be valuable and, and of value. But Citigroup currently trades at six times earnings. Yeah. Six and trades at 63% of its tangible book value. Tangible book value. For people that don't understand what that means, that means if you just threw that company on the auction block and sold its assets, that's what you would get. Right. The stock is trading for cheaper than that. So let's say you get $100 a share for it. Yeah. It's a, it's, you're buying it at 60 right now. 63. Yes. Yes. And, and I think that so often we get caught up at, at, at looking at these companies or hearing what they say on the news, what companies are grabbing headlines, Tesla, this, you know, high flyers that have no earnings. You know, I know Tesla does have earnings now, but I'm using them from a couple of years ago as the example in this in this scenario. Well, and this just in, by the way, uh, City, while you wait, yeah. you make 3.4% on your money. 3.4% yield. It's a pretty good dividend, too. Right. I like when my money works for me yeah. and pays me. Sure, why yeah. not? And that, and that's what uh, that's a really good point, Nikki, because I, I we do we sit-downs and annuals and quarterly reviews with clients, and I love to be able to tell a client, so, Mr. Jones, you make $200,000 a year. Guess what? Your portfolio made you 400000 last year. Yeah. I that is a that. quintessential definition of I, your money working for you. I've thoroughly enjoyed the looks because we've had that conversation sure. relatively recently, the looks on people's face when it's explained that way. It's a, it's a fun thing to witness. It is. So let's talk about the, uh, the Dirty Dozen list. Again, none of, this, none of these stocks are recommendations unless you talk to us. And we encourage you to call the office 407 831 8002. Call now, leave a message, or you can email feedback at stockdr.com. So we all know Home Depot and Lowe's, obviously fierce competitors, and that's equivalent to a Walmart target. 
Now, they both, Home Depot and Lowe's, reported earnings earlier this week. They have a different year-end. Their year-end, fiscal year-end is January 31st. Both companies beat expectations, top and bottom lines, and they're big tickets. Now, keep in mind, Lowe's is really trying to get into the that contractor builder market. They're still a little behind. I've always sort of felt like they were the the home store for the DIYer and and Home Depot maybe, you know, catered more to builders. Well, Nikki asked me last night, which one do you go to more frequently? Because they're right around. They're both across from each other. Yeah, you can't. I go to Home Depot unless, let's say my wife was looking for a decorative light of some sort. I guess you think automatically, oh, decorative, nicer, different stuff. Home Depot or Lowe's. Lowe's. Right. Home Depot guy. Well, we are too. I mean, we we go to Home Depot. But anyway, um, they're big ticket items. Both increase nicely. Home Depot increased 18% on big tickets. That's a lot. It's inflation. Uh, Lowe's 15.6. The average ticket was up 12.3% for Home Depot, 9.5 for Lowe's. But Home Depot uh, had gross margins that contracted and they guided in line, while Lowe's, on the other hand, raised their guidance and improved their profit margins. So I Lowe's has made the dirty dozen list. Mm-hmm. And you see that kind of transition where Home Depot lost a lot after earnings just based on their forward guidance and lows gained. That's a huge, that's a really good example of why for a lot of people, an ETF uh, or a mutual fund is the better option because if you were doing that, you got both of those uh, or lows gains and Home Depot's losses uh, kind of negated instead of just betting it all on Home Depot and now you're automatically down 12%. I will also say it's worth mentioning that 50% 50% of the homes in America right now are older than 40 to 50 years old. So I don't think that the DIY market is going anywhere, which really might benefit Lowe's. Because as you said, that that's where you really feel the DIYer goes but to. But they've had huge wins at their back. I think those huge wins are subsiding a little bit. Could be. So uh, yeah. next uh, stock on the Dirty Dozen, uh, Microsoft. I think the stock is cheap. They grow earnings. And I'm buying stocks. I want to own stocks after they've reported earnings and they blew them out. And they did, but the stock's getting punished with the rest of the market. Uh, I had a buy target on uh, Microsoft 287. The stock is at 291 today. Moderna, M-R-N-A. That stock, of course, uh, famous for the vaccine, amongst other things. They do a lot of things. uh, But the stock, uh, we have a play on there at 145. It's very, very cheap relative. It's trading at five times earnings. It's up. And I heard heard that at some point they may get their first FDA approval. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Because I don't know if anybody notices, but not a single FDA approval for Moderna. PayPal, ridiculously cheap. PYPL, I have it as a 103. It, it buy it right around there. Disney, we've talked about Disney for weeks and Ad weeks. Nauseam. Yeah, if yeah. you've missed us talking about Disney, you're not paying attention. It is just a ridiculous cheap price, and you can own it. I'm saying my price was 148 NVIDIA, my favorite of the semiconductors. I also own Qualcomm for clients, but... NVIDIA, I think, at these levels, 234, spectacular. I love Google. We've taken, by the way, I, I should tell you that we own some Microsoft, own PayPal, own Disney, own NVIDIA, and I'm about to talk about Google's on the list. We do own that for clients. I had it as a buy at 2596, it's 2628. A lot of things going on with Google. First of all, they traded a reasonable multiple. Their earnings were great. They knocked the cover off the ball. The stock is going to split 20 for one, which typically stocks outperform prior to their split, which is going to be in July. Yeah. I think it's also going to open up a, a big market as far as the retail dollars are concerned because of the sticker price that some people get when they see something at, you know, one share is $2,600. Yep. 
and speaking of stocks that are that are there may be a disconnection i think uh facebook or meta platforms probably a little bit overdone so at 14 times earnings i think the stock is probably i know you hate it maybe time to log back in i know you hate it log back in very clever I, I still, I think at 202, I almost I almost hit the buy button this morning at 195, and I didn't, uh, but I should have. So I do like that one, and it's, it has made the dirty dozen. Next is GM. I think GM's got some great strategies going on with their EV strategy. So I think around here, this 45, 47 level is a great opportunity. Not to mention, Justin, you're a car guy. Sure. GM knocked it out of the park with a couple of things. Not only their EV Silverado. But that C8 Corvette. Oh, come on. How can you? You know, and I'll tell you, I spent a little bit of time on the road today. I had lunch with a, a customer. You know, I was out and about, and I saw quite a few C8 Corvettes on the road. So I think that that uh, the supply chain is kind of yeah. freeing up. They're, I, they're actually getting some cars moving. I will have one. Yeah, it's going to happen. You it's know just that. a matter of time. You know that. Yeah. Um, City, we talked about that already. And uh, City at these levels, it's at 60 bucks now. I have it up to 64 You can buy it. But I think it's uh, just a value play there. You can't get, I mean, great name, great yield. So you're getting paid while you wait. So there's Good no reason. sector to be in. I like the financial sectors, and that's a great point in a rising rate environment. Uh, the next one is LVS, Las Vegas Sands. I think it's a big convention play. Reopen play. Reopen yeah. play in Macau. Uh, so I think that LVS is a really, really, now th look, I could have chosen Win. I like those two. I like the hotels. I like all the reopening plays because, you know, hotels are still going to be used, especially the conventions. They're coming back. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing conventions really hit it hard over the next you think that, several months. Do you think that perhaps the, the hotel play, there's been so much pent-up need to get out, to get out. Do you think that they're enjoying that now? I think there's been delays. A lot mm -hmm. of them have not been canceled, but... Stutter set. Pushed back, it. yeah. So I think they're going to be uh, once... I'm not talking about conventions, mandates, though. Mask mandates are being... Yeah, they're lifting them. ...across the country. Sure. I think someone is uh, Jones going to get back into the casino. So I'm sure. I'm <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anything kept him out. And last but not least, well, except for the CEO, I think he's least. Is I have Tesla at 800 and, and change. If you could buy it anywhere on there, I think that this is a, a stock. And again, I don't like Musk. I think he's a jerk, and I think he manipulates everything. You like Tesla, despite I like Elon Tesla, Musk. despite Elon Musk. So. Again, these are stocks that it's not going to jump tomorrow. They're not going to jump next week. You have to look at them as a year or two down the line. That's all I wanted to mention was that it's about a two-year timeline on these. Yeah. And, and look, we've had two years on the other, on the uh, the uh, Baker's Dozen Plus, yep. and we've really, and, and these numbers I gave you, that 72% is after, as of yesterday's drop. Yeah. Not today, of course, not much of a drop the left. drop is pretty much. We're not giving you the highlight reel. So anyway, I want to encourage you again to call the office and set up an appointment to meet with one of us. And you can meet with all of us. I don't care. And uh, <laughs> let us go over your portfolio because in, in times like this, and the markets are changing. The economy is changing. You need to have somebody that can give you great advice during these tumultuous times. And I think the folks right here around this table can do it for you at Siler Wealth Management. So we appreciate you guys joining the show this afternoon or this morning, whenever you're listening to it. Please catch us on podcasts. If you want to hear a rebroadcast of it, you can check out the website, stockdr.com. Thanks again listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We will talk to you next week.